Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. If you grew up on a Wisconsin dairy farm, you've definitely heard waste not, want not before. Using everything we've got as a way of life on the farm. Chad Gaylor from Dairy Management, Inc., the National Dairy Checkoff, shares more about how dairy farmer dollars are being used to fund projects looking at ways to utilize different parts of milk left over from making other dairy products. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Chad, tell me about some of the ways DMI is working on the waste not, want not idea when it comes to dairy. That is so true, waste not, want not, or we like to talk about it as making every drop count for the farmers, right? And we have a long history of that in the dairy industry. If you think about cheese making, we had whey that was left over. It was literally, we threw it away. We spread it on the land. And now we're getting that nutrition into the consumer's hands through whey powders and dairy beverages. And we've been doing that a great job of that for a long time. But even after we take that whey protein, Protein, there's still leftover permeate that's full of lactose that's really hard to get rid of and we want to make that more valuable for the farmers so it's another one of these side streams or co-products and we're doing that through a number of ways and really focused on that is at DMI is the product science team some of the things we're doing with that is we're looking at ways of upcycling it to more valuable things there's a few great examples out there already that are on the market because I think there's going to be a lot of different solutions to really crack this and solve it but those great products are already out there we We've seen vodkas upcycled from that. That's pretty fun, right? There's a hard seltzer called Norway uh, coming from New York, and it's great because it keeps the minerals and vitamins from the acid whey in the product, so you can feel kind of good about having that drink when you're having the hard seltzer. Really unique product. And also, taking the sports drink rehydration area, there's a product called Good Sport that's using permeate and the goodness of that, leveraging it in those naturally soluble vitamins and minerals in that drink as a rehydration drink for sports and athletes and that. So those are some that are on the market right now, but we're also doing research to continue to upcycle that product so that we can use it and make it even more valuable, like looking at making natural colors called carotenoids. You know, industrial purposes, like fermenting the lactose into things like lactic acid and looking for other industrial solutions like that. As long as we leverage fermentation, there's really a lot of opportunities out there to utilize and further utilize this permeate, and I think there's a lot to come in the future on this. The Center for Dairy Research in Madison is involved with developing some of these co-products, but tell me how the National Dairy Dairy Checkoff is working in this area as well. Yeah, so that really comes out of our uh, research team that I'm a part of, where we look at, and every year we work with our dairy centers and other uh, institutions and identify opportunities, and they send in proposals. How can we solve these issues? And then we select the best ones, and we fund those with the dairy farmer dollars and investment so that we can continue to drive innovation and find more value in these co-product streams because we know we need to make every drop count. I know I already said that, but we need to upcycle and make every drop count to make, keep the dairy industry uh, vibrant. Fair Life milk and the concept of ultra-filtered milk came around through this process, but what other products have been developed so far? Yeah, there's a lot of things. Like I mentioned already, the work we did on whey has really brought that forward, but just dairy proteins in general, making them more soluble, being able to instantize them has really helped. A lot of the work we've done on the dairy powders and 
making that more efficient has really opened up the export markets. So we're able to do more with there. When it comes to cheese, constantly supporting the dairy center so they can help the specialty cheese market, generate new cheeses, help drive award-winning cheeses. But we're also thinking about that export market and domestically enhancing shelf life. Consumers want nothing more than product to last a little bit longer. How can we drive more flavor, unique flavors in there or meltability or not melting cheese in a food service case? And everyone thinks of cheese melting and being ooey gooey, but we find we're looking for ways at time to enhance, either make it melt really well or maybe have it not melt so well because certain applications, you don't want it to melt when you fry a mozzarella stick. So we've worked on all of those things and helped set that foundational knowledge that companies can build off of that. When I first learned about this research team within the National Milk Checkoff, I remember learning about some research that was going on looking at how to change the amount of stretch and browning that happened with pizza cheese. This was explained as being important because consumers outside of the U.S. had different ideas about what they wanted cheese on their pizza to look like. It's not something we think about often that different cultures have such specific expectations for what their dairy products look like. But you're saying that's really important to our export market? You know, we're funding that kind of work. I want to be careful and give credit where credit's due. It's the great experts. Uh, it's our, our dairy science team works closely with the researchers at the different dairy center institutions to really do the work uh, to give that credit where it's due. But yes, we're doing that kind of work to meet both domestic consumer demand. We Everything we do is really driven off what consumers are wanting, and especially in that export market. So you said stretch, but think about it's not only stretch, how it browns, how it functions, how much it's, you know, it spreads when they're cooking it. These details can really make or break uh, your cheese getting picked up in some of these markets. And we want to make sure and continue to drive exports. Let's talk some more about whey. It used to be spread on farm fields because there just wasn't a demand for it. Now it's really in demand and cheese plants are actually selling it. Tell me why that happened. Yeah, that's really, that industry, we use that as such a simple analogy of how it used to be land spread. Now we're capturing that value and, and allowing consumers to capture that nutrition, as I mentioned, but it's really become a dynamic industry all of itself. There's some cheese plants actually say they're making cheese, they, they make cheese so they get the way because it's become so valuable in some cases and it's really important to them. And if you look at the industry, yes, some of the larger cheese plants are able to take it and try it and, and market it themselves, but there's other niche companies that have sprung up out of this that are able to take for maybe a mid-sized or a smaller cheese maker and consolidate that and you know buy that way from them at a good price and then they're taking it and processing it into these whether it's a dried ingredient or a liquid way so it can be further used and meet those market demands because that's it is a significant capital investment to do some of the separation that's needed to really capture that whey protein because the industry has developed so much we're able to see everyone take advantage of that and be able to really utilize it and, and it's really a great success story for the dairy industry and innovation and being able to drive that forward so let's circle back and talk about the acid whey you mentioned earlier Acid whey is made from the Greek yogurt process and has a higher acidity than your standard whey. As more and more people have switched over to Greek yogurt from plain yogurt, there was more of this higher acid whey out there, and for a while, no one knew what to do with it. But once again, research into different options has given the industry some new things to look at, right? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of work on acid whey specifically. Again, it's rich in lactose and has uh, many things, but it is harder to work with because of that 
acid is already there, so there's some things you can't do. But I, we still believe that fermentation is going to be the unlock, you know, further fermentation, right? We're already fermenting it to make cheese or make the Greek yogurt, but we're going to continue down that path with fermentation and unlock that. As I mentioned, there's people using it for hard seltzer, but we also believe we can, you know, really turn it into almost anything else you want to do uh, and start with. So taking it and converting it into precursors for industrial products, you can further acidify it, make more lactic acid and extract it from there. And we'll continue to look for products with that, but we're starting to crack that nut and it'll be good. Imagine we're going forward 15, 20 years from now. We have cool science technology has just continued to grow and boom. What do you think products will be that that could happen in that time frame that just don't exist right now? I think the future is here today. First of all, in some of the ways with some of the products out there that are able to utilize filtration and take the components of milk for certain applications and take it apart and put them back together to make even you know designer milks or make higher protein milks. So some of that's already happening today. But as we go into the future and we use things like acid whey or permeates, I think we're also going to see that we can help the energy sector and make biofuels from this lactose. Or we can we can make precursors that really help with renewable or biodegradable packaging. And some of that research we're starting to think about or dabble in and how we can how we can get there. So I think we can really be a part of that sustainability story that farmers already are leading the way on and we can continue to do that through the products as well. That was Chad Galler, Vice President of Food Safety and Product Research at Dairy Management Inc., the National Dairy Checkoff, sharing more about how research through DMI and partners like the Center for Dairy Research are working to develop new and innovative products out of milk's different components. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.